Welcome back to the With Joey B podcast. Luke, thanks for coming again today, continuing on with Tim Ferriss. And Luke, I want to ask you, what is the biggest difference in your mind between you and people like Tim Ferriss, Naval Ravikant, Tony Robbins, all these kind of big thinkers and figures that we've been unpacking here? What is, what's different between them and, and you in your mind? What are the key differences? Well... <laughs> is it a lot i don't know does anything come to mind not 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 in particular i, I don't isn't that interesting yeah I, i've taken a lot from i've taken bits and pieces for, from all those people but nothing i can really point to exactly and i guess my my question is very uh loaded as usual and it's loaded in that i think there's these concepts like the endowment effect which is we normally put people who are, I hesitate to use the word successful, obviously, for anyone who knows the themes of this podcast, but people who are, are in the are public figures, who are widely respected, who are widely followed, whose achievements are very public and very visible. And we have this tendency to put them on a, a pedestal, like there's some sort of supernatural ability that they have. People like Elon Musk, because all the crazy things he does, athletes, right? Serena Williams, Usain Bolt, you, you name it. And it's very common. I think it's common because people like to kind of, we're, we're very interesting. Like we feel like we can't do it because there's not that supernatural thing, gift that they have that really in truth, all those people kind of profess <laughs> that they are very actually more similar to us than, than, any, than anything else. There's not really any substantial differences, just choices. I think really just simple choices they've made. Um, last time with Tim Ferriss, we talked about priming death. It's been mm. a while since we, we talked about that. Here, you know, he has a, a really interesting kind of breakdown around being sex successful, in adverted commas, despite something. Right? And so the examples I'll bring up to start with people like Steve Jobs, maybe Da Vinci, and, and we can talk about a couple more that come up. But I'll read a bit some of the quotes around this. Ferris says, successful people, however they define that, succeed despite their flaws, not because they don't have any. They succeed despite their insecurities, not because they don't have any. And I think that the good thing about Tim Ferriss, why I really respect him, he's very transparent around having his moments. He tells us that he's regularly seen a therapist. He tells us that he's very, often very lazy during the day. He often fritters away time. And it's I think we have a very big cultural problem because people see these public figures, people like Tim Ferriss, and they'll see something that they do that is maybe not a positive part of them, probably not the part that's like the, maybe Tim Ferriss was a real hustler, right? Early on for sure. And so people will use that as a justification for being a hustler. I think of Steve Jobs a lot because I had a friend say to me that you have to be a bit brutal and rude in business. You can't just be, you can't really be respectful and nice and you can't really be peaceful. Because And the, the justification was that he said Steve Jobs, you know, was not popular. He, he was happy to upset people if it got in the way of getting things done. And so that was a justification for if Steve Jobs was like that, that's kind of how it has to be, right? Because you can't, it's not... How are you going to outdo or match the level of someone like Steve Jobs if you're not following that, if you're not afraid to be brutal and stuff? And I, I kind of, personally, I just refused to believe that. But I really used to lean into that when I was younger. 
is this is this idea making sense so far? Like, have you lent into this sort of thinking before yourself where it's like, oh, that person's like that. They have this trait. You would have to do that if you wanted to really get somewhere. Does, any, does yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think when you look at the Steve Jobs example, it's an easy way to just automatically peg business people in that light when you automatically, but then you're neglecting all the, all the cases where people are, you know, incredibly compassionate and achieve their, achieve their mission in a, in a different way. It's just, it's probably not, not the greatest example and reframing it like that is, is probably helpful. But going back to the first question, actually the first thing I did think was, you know, I'm not like these people. I'm not successful. That actually, that thought actually came into my mind, for example, but then when you when you hear people like this being like those successful people like Tim Ferriss become vulnerable and sort of talk about their flaws, it's really I found it comforting at times, especially like Me someone too. that has had public speaking issues. That's uh, now that's an incredible big, public it? speaker. It's like, oh, okay, well that you know what I mean. That that Richard brings Branson, yep. Seth Godin. Seth Godin says he started off public speaking. He was like 800th in the competition he started or something. You know, he's like one of the best bloody public speakers, done TED Talks. And Tim Ferriss, he's like backstage at the TED Talks, everyone is shitting themselves. (laughs) People are like throwing up. They are besides themselves. We see the final product, which is probably Mm. like six months of preparation. Like no doubt, I heard him say in a podcast episode, like six months of preparation for a lot of people for a TED Talk. And then you watch the YouTube clip. And you think, oh, why geez, is everyone I could, so I could, easy? Yeah, everyone does so, it so easily. <laughs> I could never do that or something, you know. Those, but then seeing the actual fact, they're all just human as well, and they're probably going through very similar things before you and I would step on stage, for example. Yeah, so I think this is a very big idea. There's probably a couple of different versions of this successful despite. So I want to bring it back to that. What we're unpacking here is that the people you look up to, admire, are inspired by are not perfect and they're, they're, they're in a particular position despite not having really optimized things very well in some areas or overcome major like personal flaws. Other examples that are coming to mind, Jerry Seinfeld, I think he's very open about the fact that he's not the best actor. He, if you watch Seinfeld, he's always bloody holding back a smirk in half the scenes, right? But he, sur- he, he covered his ass by working with the other three who are just incredible actors, right? Michael Richards, Jason Alexander, Julia Dreyfus-Smith, right? So you got these like overcoming their shortcomings. Like you'll see very big people like, i give another example, I think Jordan Peterson, and this is on their actual skills, right? Because people might copy, say, Jordan Peterson's really big. He's got a big audience. I can copy his podcast style or his YouTube style or something like that. Jordan Peterson really got all his kind of exposure from the the incident with the the bill that he opposed around compelling certain speech and terms for transgender people and all that back in 2000, whatever it was. That's what kind of got him to to blow up. So if you look at his like, I would argue that I remember when I used to listen to his podcast, I didn't find it really that great because I think he was doing interview style. He wasn't really, people listened to it because he was Jordan Peterson. If he was uh, Joe Weeby starting out in that style, it would be very hard for him to distinguish himself. So we, you know, I think on what I'm focused on at the moment, one thing I'm trying to get better at is like YouTube thumbnails and stuff. And you have to be careful with who you're modeling off because if it's not the actual, it's easy to just say that person has a lot of subscribers, therefore what are they doing? We actually need to be able to deconstruct a little bit the factors. 
right? And have a clearer story. So that's one example. But then you've got, say, the Steve Jobs example, which is, again, a lot of this is very Taleb, the fooled by randomness thing, right? Where you're very bad at actually unpacking the formula that got people to a certain success. And we're, and, and we're very bad at, we, we, we assume it was this factor just because we see it. It's like the Steve Jobs thing, what I've heard a lot of people, like in Ed Catmull's um, book called Creativity Inc. about Pixar, he talks about the perception of Steve Jobs is really very limited in the public. That really relates to Steve Jobs early on. Whereas after he left Apple and came back, he was a lot more mature. He developed a lot in those later years i'm sure he wasn't like freaking gandhi but <laughs> imagine that but like he was much more reformed like he's i'm sure he's still direct and didn't take bullshit and had high standards and kept people to high standards but i think he mellowed out a bit whereas when he was young he was very erratic really irrational all the time from all these accounts so it's easy to think oh you need to be like really brutal you know always like going against everyone in your team and and telling them how shit they are to be successful it's just absolute baloney like there's so many um other examples like i think of ferrises and godens and people like that who have done well in business very well in business despite not being that right it's just like elsewhere in the blog i call it the blue unicorn principle like there's just no one way so there's all these, and then I think the third level is like the, yeah, these insecurities, right? They all have fear, right? They all like, you think like so many people think that all these guys just don't have fear. Mm. They're not scared. Like Nadal just won the Australian Open at the age of 35. It's 2022 now, right? And he thought, shit, I don't know if I'll ever going to be able to play again a couple of months ago. And even though he's got 20 grand slams, he had to wrestle with self-doubt. <laughs> So like if it's if it's still a factor for those people, what gives you the right to think that it's not going to be a factor for you or that you're just going to like, that's not going to be a limiting factor at some point. And if, I love what you said, right? When they're vulnerable, that's a, it brings you back to reality, doesn't it? You just think, oh, mm. fuck, what's my actual excuse? Mm. Like that's actually part of this process. So people overcome this. Therefore, I must, there must be a way I can overcome it. I just think it's such a powerful reframe it's a really important point that ferris makes around success you know again what the fuck is that but it's situational yeah mm. and don't you think everyone's success is so unique so you it's pinning it down to one sort of even character yeah it's not imagine if you just started going around <laughs> treating people you know like yeah, 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 yeah. But this is what people do. People, when people are struggle to be authentic because they're looking for answers. Normally, when you're looking too hard for answers, this is what I see. Mm. So they directly implement something without processing it from first principles. First principles means like actually drilling down what's at the core of this, not just copying a tactic that someone used, hoping it'll work. Because normally you don't really get the point behind it. it it's just yeah, it, you're 100 like correct that. The tricky thing is someone like Steve Jobs or Tim Ferriss can, will often struggle to actually explain to you how they got to it. You almost can't really trust someone's account of what made them, again, quote unquote, successful. Because as Taleb would teach us, people are actually really bad at figuring that out. I was talking to my friend Robbie yesterday 
He's talking about all the random factors that have helped him with this company so far. Like there was a mistake he made on his credit card that gave him enough money to build the prototype of the product. And his first hire, he found very randomly and is like an absolute godsend of a team member. And he can't, he's been hiring for months, can't find people of that quality. He just got very lucky with this hire and that's such a big factor. So you just, you just got all these random factors. But last example before we wrapped up was I want to talk about Da Vinci. So Da Vinci is someone we've talked about a lot on the podcast and he's done so, he did so many different things, right? 500 plus years ago and all that. But it's interesting to look at someone like Da Vinci who is so like revered and celebrated. If you actually look into his story, I actually think the guy could have done so much more. <laughs> Like he had this big drawback, which is that he never actually shared what he what he discovered. He just wrote it in notebooks and people found it later when they went through his stuff. And in the book I read on him done by Walter Isaacson, he's talking about how Da Vinci probably would have benefited from like a good kind of partner or business partner who was good at commercial stuff because Da Vinci just wanted to like create. He was just a slave of kind of passion and interest, which is great. It's what led him to, but he would have benefited from someone with him who wanted to like share and publish and market his findings. And so even, even that kind of, it's hard to say Da Vinci could have done more. It's really interesting that, you know, he, he got to where he was despite something. And he, if with a couple of tweaks, he could probably could have contributed way more with all these discoveries he stumbled across and moved humanity forward like another couple of centuries, mm. which, which is crazy, but like, it's, pretty clear if you actually go into the the story so very important to remember all right people most people you're looking at as successful despite something and there's guaranteed dude, no one's perfect mm. right so everyone we're looking at is is definitely successful despite something that's 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 my that's my takeaway so yeah we'll be back so luke i, I know you loved the four-hour work week mm. right so Coming back tomorrow, we're going to be unpacking uh, the next seven episodes or something. You're just dedicated to the four-hour work week and unpacking yes. the wisdom from that book, which was Tim Ferriss's kind of breakout. It's what put him on the map. So we'll be unpacking that tomorrow. If you're listening along and enjoying the podcast, we have an episode every day, but there is in the show notes a link to further resources, including the newsletter. So if you go to the Everything Joe, you can sign up for the Dorman newsletter link there and you'll get like an in-depth uh one, once a week just like the best episode and a summary of that so that's in the show notes this is luke and joe we'll be back again tomorrow and looking forward to it